Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. A little bit later in England. Uh, that's where we find our first guest of the morning, uh, Jonathan Gould. Now, Jonathan Gould, of course, very familiar to us. Uh, he has been of late uh, with the the uh, uh, the unsuccessful, I think it's fair to say, all-white campaign. Just, just unsuccessful. But uh, Jonathan's been already uh, the Phoenix coach on two occasions, 2009 to th- 2011, 2012 to 2015. Then he headed back uh, to England uh, to take up uh, posts with sides like West Bromwich Albion um, and of course uh, Middlesbrough as well Preston North End and uh, currently he's working uh, with Bristol City as well and some of their sides but yesterday afternoon it was uh, announced that Jonathan will be coming back to coach the Phoenix in the goalkeeping department Uh, so we say a very good evening to uh, Jonathan Gould England time nice to catch up with you mate good morning Ian and uh, thanks for the intro and lovely to speak to you Yeah, it is actually. Uh, I should say on the back of that, you had 157 games for Celtics as uh, well as a number of other um, English uh, English and uh, UK sides as well. Uh, OK, Jonathan, uh, this is term number three for you as the goalkeeping coach. Uh, tell us what uh, lured you back, mate. Um, well, first of all, I, I, it's, it's been sort of part of my um, coaching journey. Um, secondly, the job was available, and thirdly, it's um, it's a it's a fabulous football club that spans uh, 15 years as a professional outfit uh, in New Zealand in the A League. And um, yeah, I think it's a privilege to be able to come back, and it's a privilege that people want me back as well, Ian. Okay, well, um, so from from your own personal point of view, uh, do you see this still as part of your development? Uh, you know, um, what what would be your ultimate goal in terms of being a goalkeeping coach, or, or do you have head coach in mind at, at some point? Um, no, I think um, someone once said to me, you know, you're a, when you're a specialist, um, um, probably to to stay in that way. Um, I think um, I think I think you know. But, Goalkeeping coaching in the Premier League was was something that was um, very special to me at West Brom with Tony Pulis. But I, I think um, I think it'd be great if we could uh, not just get the, the Phoenix into the playoffs. And I think it'd be fantastic. We get them into the final and win it at some point. Okay, um, have you been able to catch up uh, or, or stay in touch with the Phoenix as a club? I mean, obviously they've had a you know like a, a lot of clubs around the world, they've had a pretty tough time not being able to play at home. So have you been able to follow them at all? Jonathan? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've only been back in the UK for the last sort of seven months, Ian, as you know, and um, uh, mm. so you you watch them from a distance. I think everyone in the New Zealand is watching from a distance. The the, the commitment that um, the staff and and the backers um, have made um, during the period of COVID and the challenges that, that they've met by living away from home and living away from the families. I mean, you know, you know what it's like... Um, as a cricketer, you go go away for a period of time, and and, and your loved ones are left behind. And, um, and I think they've done a remarkable job through that time. And and, and I think uh, coming back uh, this year, 
you'd like to think that all the supporters come out in Wellington and, and make it a, a, a really um, tremendous season for us. Well, one of the interesting things as well, of course, um, since you uh, have been here, they've had a, a Wellington women's Phoenix team as well. And uh, now the, yeah. the club is, is really starting to uh, evolve uh, with new facilities as well, the New Zealand Campus of Innovation and Sports. So it's, it's all progressing quite nicely. Yeah, and I think um, it's important that football clubs uh, have, have legacies. Um, you know, I think you look at the, the clubs I'm at Bristol City now in, and they've, you know, they've, they're kind of part of the city sports group. So they've got the, the women's football, uh, they have the rugby club, and they've got the basketball, and it's all tied into the city. And I think, um, you know, the Phoenix now, with the academy and the, and the quality of players that are coming through that and the opportunities that it's providing... And obviously, uh, the women's football team that was started up uh, uh, this season, you know, you've got three entities there um, that uh, can be a big part of, uh, of New Zealand. OK, so um, what do you know about uh, the goalkeepers that, uh, who are on the books of the Phoenix who, who you'll be working with? Ollie Sale, of course, we know. But uh, what about Ollie? Has worked yeah. with, um, with the All Whites, etc. And who else will you be alongside? Well, yeah, I've got um, knowledge of Ollie since he was a 17, 18-year-old uh, lad. Um, and he's always had an incredible amount of, of ability and, and now he's turning that into reality with his form last season. Um, um, I've been able to work with Alex Paulson over a couple of periods um, last year when he was pre- preparing for the Olympics. Um, I've been heavily involved with um, some of the under-20 stuff. So we've got Albie Kelly-Head and then we've got uh, Henry Gray. Um, and, um, you know, there's, there's been some tremendous work. I mean, Ryan Ego has been doing it in the academy and, and uh, more of late Ruben Parker. And there's, some, there's some really talented goalkeepers all over New Zealand at the moment. So if, we, if you look at a standard week, I know it's early and you've got a lot of planning to do, etc., um, Jonathan, but in a standard week, how much work would you put in with goalkeepers? Oh, hours. Um, on and off the park. Um, you know, we've got... We've got the ability now with with some of the the, um, the format that you have on the internet. Um, you know, there's there's information readily at hand. Um, you know, and, and we can we can show uh, instant video um, of the forwards that are coming up against. I mean, physically, um, the work that we do. You know, when you when you look at probably a, a typical day, um, you might get 50 minutes to an hour with the goalkeepers. Um, um, as you know, as a goalkeeping group, they'll then go with uh, away with the um, the outfield players, and they've got their weights, they've got their their prehab. There's a lot of work that goes into a week's preparation that leads into um, a football match on a Saturday or Sunday. How's it changed, Jonathan? How's the, how's the role and the preparation, etc., <laughs> of goalkeeping changed since your since your day with Celtic, for instance? <laughs> Um, well, I still used to get fat tested, Ian. It was, <laughs> it was twenty years ago, and it was probably <laughs> it was probably more of a challenge for us in those days um, because of the way we live. But I think um, what's changed is the level of of professionalism and the support that these athletes nowadays nowadays get um, on a, on a daily basis, and and the way that um, you know, the heart rates are monitored, um, all the GPS is monitored, everything that goes into it now. Um, you, 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 you probably can't hide as an athlete anymore, Ian, like we used to. <laughs> mm. What's the way? What's the way here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry, I forgot you were a <laughs> 
Oh, I've changed. Don't worry about that. Hey, listen. Um, on a, on a, a more a more serious a more serious note, you've just had this campaign um, with the All Whites. So I watched very clear uh, closely. Um, we saw Danny Hay looking pretty pretty calm and cool and collected throughout the whole deal. But I did notice uh, uh, Jonathan Gould get up off uh, the bench uh, from the dugout uh, when Costa Barbarossos received the red card, and you looked like there was a little bit of steam coming out of your ears. What were you feeling at that time? I thought we were really harshly uh, done to, um, not just Costas. You know, Costas is a, uh, a fantastic young man and he's a good footballer. And I, I don't think there's been any intent whatsoever. And when, when it comes to challenges like that, I think it has to be considered. I, I just found it very strange that all of a sudden VAR became um, or had a massive impact on on. Um, on a World Cup fixture like this, and I, I just, I did think we were hard done to the, the, the foul that alleged foul that uh, led up to the goal. Um, yeah, um, it's, it's still tough. It still hurts, and it'll probably, um, as Danny said at the time, will probably hurt even more when we watch Costa Rica play in the World Cup in November. Yeah, probably will actually. Can you tell us um, about the conditions in Qatar? Because they're gonna they well, they first uh, nominated or decided on Qatar. Everyone else thought, well, how the players going to handle this? How the fans going to handle this? Uh, what was it like? It, the, the facilities are absolutely outstanding, and you know, you walk into the stadium, and I think they can set the temperature anything between sixteen and twenty-two degrees. Um, you ha- the, the, the one thing you do feel is the air, the air conditioning being blasted into the stadium. Um, the, the surfaces uh, are absolutely magnificent. And f- funny enough, there was a there was a Kiwi groundsman out there that was interested in all the surfaces. A local bead that we we spoke to, and um, it's, it is going to be a spectacle. Um, uh, they've built some tremendous uh, stadiums for viewing, um, and and I think by November, I think we we were in Qatar earlier in the year and. And the temperature wasn't wasn't too bad. I mean, when we were there, we couldn't walk outside um, last week. It was 45 uh, degrees on one occasion. But um, I think the way they've set everything up, um, when it comes to the performance that you see, um, it won't be certainly won't be hindered by um, by, a, by a temperature that that um, doesn't allow um, uh, athletes to perform at a high level. Just getting back to the, the role of the goalkeeping side of things and, and looking at yeah. uh, penalty strategies now, uh, of course, yeah. that, what, did you make, what did you make of uh, the Australia-Peru situation where in the 119th minute they changed goalkeepers? I mean, I'm, I'm not quite sure I've seen that before. That's, obviously, that's a strategy you, you would be involved in if it was to happen in, in any team you were there. What did, you, what did you make of that and Andrew Redmayne's antics, I suppose, in terms of distraction? What, what did yeah. you make of that sort of saga? Um, I, I think the last time I remember seeing it at that kind of level was Holland. I think Holland took Sillison off and, or put him on, um, and that worked. And I, I, I'm led to believe that um, the only people that knew were Arnie and Andrew. I don't think even um, even Matty Ryan knew. I think his antiques on the line. Um, yeah, I get all that. Um, he's not the first. Um, if we go back 25 years, Bruce Grobbler did it. Um, it might be 35 years now, actually. Bruce Grobbler did it in a. Mm-hmm in a Champions League final. Um, the one thing that I wasn't happy about was, was Andrew throwing the, the war bottle away. I thought that, was, that lacked a little bit of sportsmanship. Other people would say, well, you know, that's, if that's what it takes to get to a World Cup, I just, I just had a little bit of an issue from a, from a goalkeeping union perspective. That upset me a little bit. But the other antics, you know, they're well within the, the, the laws of the game.
How much is a, a mind on mind thing when you come to those those penalty shootouts? How how much does the mental side play from a goalkeeping point of view? What what are you looking to do? Um, well, first of all, the reason we the the, the, the Peruvian goalkeeper had uh, had that information on his bottle is the preparation, and we had somebody that um, had basically put algorithms into into a computer based on what he'd seen from all the penalties that had been taken by the Costa Ricans. And we had exactly the same preparation. We had a, a water bottle with every single penalty taker that we might have faced with his preferred side, even the height of that penalty um, and, and a percentage on that. And, and, and we were, we would have gone on that, that algorithm. Um, you know, you know what it's like, um, Smithy at the, uh, at that last moment um, in the cauldron, uh, an athlete might change his mind and, 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 uh, and a top professional footballer also has the ability to do that. I'm fascinated by that. I, I've never heard of that. I, I, you know, um, when you look at going that deeply, I mean, how long has that kind of strategy mm. been around, that kind of information given to a goalkeeper? Um, I probably, um, when I came back in 2015 at West Brom, uh, we had all that information. You know, you have, uh, you have Weisgart, you have Instat, um, all these um, statisticians around the world, they sit, sit at home and they watch these games and, and even uh, 20, less than 24 hours after a game's been played, you can have every single stat about every single player, about how far he's passed the ball, um, who he's passed it to. Um, it's, it's quite remarkable now. And, and you know, you'll, you'll have seen it in cricket, um, you know, with their computers and, you know, how often... Um, um, you know, in the old days, how often would David Gow waft outside his off stump and give his wicket away? Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. the kind of detail that we get, um, you know, to the nth degree. That's absolutely, uh, absolutely fascinating, Jonathan. When, when are you? When are you back in New Zealand? When does? Um, when did your gig start? As such, yeah, well, um, I leave the UK July fourth, and um, I think first day back at work will be um, uh, July the eleventh. Um, and we'll be sh- we're straight back into it, and, I, and I'm pretty sure I, th- I think that the um, FFA draw um, gets made uh, next Wednesday, so we'll already have um, ideas of opponents um, in, in that pre-season tournament. Um, people that uh, know you, um, and a lot of people, of course, uh, familiar with you in New Zealand, know that you uh, you mentioned the word legacy before. Well, the gold name is uh, thick with legacy in football. Uh, first of all, how's Bobby, uh, Dad Bobby, and of course um, Matthew was part of the. Uh, Matthew is part of the all-white squad as, as well. And uh, what's yeah. he up to and how's his development going? Yeah, Matthew's just signed um, a one-plus one-year deal at Olfingham. They've, they're full-time um, and he's looking forward to that. Um, you know, he's been a very dedicated young man throughout his career and um, you know, I'm very proud of him uh, as to what he's achieved. I think he's got uh, more levels in him even from this point. Um, Dad's Dad's retired from cricket, Smithy, at the age of seventy-six. <laughs> um, I think he played his last. Game. He played his last game for Porter's Head a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> I, think he, I think he managed to get one off the square and and, and crack one through extra cover. And he thought, right, I'm not going to do that very often at this age. So um, I think he's put the bat away, mate. <laughs> uh, great to hear that. The uh, great to hear that uh, you're all, all well and and. Uh, Things are progressing nicely. So look forward to, to seeing you in person when you're back um, back in New Zealand. Hopefully you can get up this way. As, uh, you, you've, you've still got a home here as well, I believe. So it'll be nice to see you, uh, mate, yeah. but uh, it's great news. So I, I was really thrilled to, to see that you're, you're back with the Phoenix. So thank you, thank you very much and yeah. all the very best, mate, and we'll catch up soon, eh?
Thank you, and thanks for your support as well. Appreciate it. Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it, like um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.